The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House Podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Very good. You both got the housing in there. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Dan Housen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House Podcast Housing. Yes! Dan Housen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast episode 207. I am Marty Day. And I am Kristoff. Thank you very much for listening. We're only 20 episodes away from the uh, 227 episode in which we relive <laughs> the glory of the late 80s, early 90s sitcom. Uh, okay. This, this, already you're, you're sending me down a rabbit hole. Chris, do you think we can get Jack A and how long do you think she would stay on the Skype call before leaving due to disinterest or confusion? Um, She's probably attainable. Um, yes. Although I would only want to talk to her about uh, co-starring with Ronnie Dangerfield and Ladybugs. <laughs> That's all I care about. And Jonathan Brandis, RIP. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> for those not watching the video version, I just tapped my chest twice and did the Sabu point to the air. Uh, That's right. That's right. <laughs> RIP. <clears throat> truly <laughs> truly the, the shining star of Sequest DSV. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, don't forget, a uh, never-ending story too, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, this this is this has started terribly. I apologize. No, it's okay. It's okay. We, uh, for those who don't know, we are a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, that's why we just reference TV shows from the eighties and nineties. Um, yep. it, it was another crazy week, Chris. Another you wild. You can say it's a different world. Uh, where we came from, yes, indeed. Uh, a, a wild week of the pro res, uh, as we are coming off of winter is coming. Uh, we are on the road to Wrestle Kingdom. We've got uh, World Tag League winners. We've got Best of the Super Juniors winners. We've got uh, a new Super J Cup winner. We've got people who were on. We, we've we got, got Super Sexy, Stupid Sexy Despy. Yeah, we got that. We've, we've got Jackson Riker returning. Oh, no, really? Yeah, we got Jackson Riker returning. That's uh, like everyone really, really hoped for. We got Goldberg threatening to have a match with Roman Reigns. We got everything one yeah. can want, Chris. So I guess Jackson Riker got kicked off parlor and he was looking for something to do. <laughs> is, that, is that what happened? Uh, so, so yeah, we'll we'll jump very quickly <clears throat> into discussing that. So uh, last Friday, not as in the, the Friday before this, but the Friday before that, um, the... Two oh, other forgotten oh, R.I.P. Tony Lister, by the way. Yes, R.I.P. Debo, Zeus, <laughs> truly one of the greats. I realized, by the way, last week we didn't acknowledge the passing of Pat Patterson, which definitely feels like a missed opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, exactly. Uh, truly one of the greats. Um, you know, uh, I mean, 
he's a the first intercontinental champion but b he's literally responsible for all the matches that you probably ever liked in wwe uh, it's it's true it's true. uh hard to to imagine a wwe without him but um Nevertheless, let me let me jump back into what I was saying. Uh, the Forgotten Sons, not so forgotten anymore. Uh, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake popped up on SmackDown week before last. They're now with King Corbin. Uh, no Jackson Riker, and a lot of people thought that meant that Riker was uh, being punished in some way due to his um, less than savory social media posts. But considering Drake Wirtz is still on the roster, as is Austin yeah. Theory who is now part of a new stable, as is Velveteen Dream, who has disappeared once again. Don't know what that's about. Uh, yeah, that probably wasn't it. They just were looking for something for him to do. Yeah, he, WWE, uh, chodes and chuds welcome. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> not uh, Slightly different from USA slogan of characters <laughs> welcome. Slightly different. <laughs> slightly, slightly. Same general idea. It's adjacent. It's yes. adjacent. Uh, so Jackson Riker popped up uh, during the tapings for main event this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He will Prime be time. aligned with Elias. Oof. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If if did I did I read something that um so uh Blake and um Cutler are mm-hmm. with Baron Corbin? Don't they have a terrible? Isn't there some kind of terrible name? Um, like some kind of like lone wolf pack or some shit like that. Uh, hang on, let me let me let me. A bring very up the, lone uh, rangers esque, where the, it's a singular thing that's I, pluralized. I did not watch anything SmackDown related this week, so maybe it was announced during that. Uh, okay, I thought I saw a tweet about something. Maybe it was just a tweet making fun of them, or maybe it was maybe, an official maybe. name. I don't know. Um, but okay, fair enough. Oh, uh, Corbin introduced Blake and Cutler as the Knights of the Lone Wolf. Okay, so you can't be a lone wolf if you have knights around you. Yep. A lone wolf is legitimately alone. That's what lone means, Baron, yeah. Mr. Corbin. Yeah. Okay. King, the man your has, honor, your highness. The man has a minions tattoo. No one called him smart from the jump here. I'm sorry, he what now? He has a minions tattoo on his foot? On Mmm. Mmm. That's, uh... I feel That's like a I should choice. put you on some kind of registry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But the man has a minions tattoo. He uh, he is mm. treating his body like your fifty year old aunt treats her Facebook wall. <laughs> you leave on Helen alone. <laughs> How dare you? I'm Son just, of a bitch. I'm just saying, not every single sassy quote needs to have a minion next to it. I mean, if you're gonna get an animated character tattooed on your body, Babs body. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's certainly <laughs> certainly a choice. Where would you get that one tattooed? <laughs> Tramp, Tramp stamp, stamp, of course. Yeah, obviously, naturally, yeah. Naturally. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, I don't know if if I were to. That's a good question. If I were to get an animated character tattooed on my body, I feel like my gut would be some kind of Simpsons thing. I've, oh, if, undoubtedly. I've always, I've always said if I were to get a tattoo, uh, of which I have none currently, yeah, I, I it would be the flying either. hellfish logo. That sounds um, about right. Although I can see myself getting a uh, a tattoo of the Capital City Goofball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps, yeah. you know, right 
right on my uh, in the Cody Rhodes spot. In, yeah, the Cody Rhodes spot for the Capital City goofball. I feel like <laughs> you know if I'm at a hearing and the judge sees that, I feel like yeah. I'm really going to secure the the win. Yeah, it'll be the honk of victory <laughs> right there, <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah, you know I can get a little chip implanted. You know I'll ask Bill Gates. He's already getting one ready yeah. for us. Yeah, get a little chip implanted. If you press my neck, the little the little honker comes out or I'm, makes a little sound. That sounds perfect, Chris. Or we or. can get one inserted into Cody that whenever somebody hits his neck, it says, "Oh, uh, Fuck that was, that was my me. <laughs> There it is. Sorry, my hand was not up. near the mouse. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I was setting you up there. Uh. Setting you up, Mister Soundboard. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but anyway, Baron Corbin sucks. Yeah, Baron Corbin <laughs> sucks. Has a minion set too, and the name of his stable sucks also. But uh, I, I'd say the the primary thing we maybe should talk about this week is uh, at least on the WWE front is uh, Sunday's uh, event, which of course was War Games. Uh, we had two War Games matches: uh, one all women, one all men. Uh, the women's match seemed to be the one that was more positively received. Um, really? Uh, I, I thought it was the better of the two. Uncle Dave mm. didn't. Uh, he thought the women's match went too long, uh, even though it was 15 minutes shorter than the men's match, which went 45 minutes for reasons I don't entirely understand. Uh, but Team Candice, the the heel team of Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez, Ended up defeating Team Shotzi of Shotzi Blackheart, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Ember Moon. Man, NXT is really getting behind Shotzi Blackheart, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Despite her uh, very prevalent history of having nude photos on the internet. Yes, yes. Which is always good to see. Yes. Um, Them getting behind her, not necessarily the photos, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Um I, I really actually enjoyed the women's match a lot more. I mean, yes, it was just kind of <clears throat> plunder, 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 but we don't really tend to get those matches too much from the women. So it was Unless nice Candace Ray's involved. True, true. Candace definitely <laughs> does uh, basically uh, uh, bring the w- overall women's horse to drink water of weapons here uh, to mix analogies. If I may suggest something to um, the WWE. Yes. Um, I'm all for... Inclusion, and I love mm-hmm. the fact that uh, on paper that they've ha- they have a women's war game match as well as the men's. Yes, dare I say you don't need both every year. I don't disagree. Uh, I would I would recommend that maybe you know in in late October into November you start getting an idea of which uh, which gender has the better storyline that would be better suited for it. if you're going to do a war games every year which yeah. they're going to do because this is what they do it's it's november so it's war games season it's right. october they, tell them they, to sell time yeah, it's, they, they, they it's june it's a, money in the bank time they've got a they've got a spreadsheet of a month by month breakdown of what gimmick, gimmick is going matches, to be yeah. on uh that month's show and they just it's december uh, it's the lc time yeah yeah which as we've talked about before on both main roster and and honestly at this point even with NXT it's a bit like could you could you not do it once and 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 surprise us when you bring back you know hell in a cell or or i i i think uh there was a there's a breakdown fairly recently and it, and it does tie into this because there were two ladder matches on NXT the past two weeks to mm. to talk about uh you know who had the um or to plan advantage. out who would have the advantage in, in war games. Uh, there was uh, a it's statistic what? shared. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. War games. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Thank you. Um, 
there was a statistic that said that in the past 10 years, it's something like 30% of all WWE ladder matches have occurred. Wow. Yeah. Like that's a big chunk. Yeah. Considering, you know, the, the match itself has been around for 25, almost 30 years in WWE. Mm -hmm. They've really kind of fucked out the spectacle of it. I mean, I know it yeah. used to be on paper, you could say, with uh, you know, the notable exception of, let's say, Big Boss Man versus The Undertaker, that like every single Hell in the Cell match was great. And then yeah. they just started doing them every year. And you, you right. know, you got a list that was like, okay, there's there's been eight Hell in the Cells, and you know, seven of them were these epic brawls, and then it's like every year they add two more and it just sort of diminishes the value of it. Um, you can say Agreed. the same about TLC. The The first two TLC matches with the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian, some of the best plunder spot fest you'd ever see. Uh, and then, you know, later on with, like, Edge versus John Cena and, and some of those other TLC matches, you can be like, oh, man, TLC matches are always special. They're so unique. And now we literally have two happening on this coming Sunday. And you're just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess I guess we'll get to watch Kevin Owens fall through things. That's fun. He does enjoy doing that. He he really does. The the boy the boy has a problem. He he really likes falling through things. Um, but War Games is sadly becoming another one of those uh, elements where it's just sort of like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna take uh, ten men and ten women and throw them into this. And this year was fraught with injury. Uh, yeah. Candice LeRae breaking her arm, um, which is a definite downer for the NXT women's division. Uh, sounds like that there was a, a partial, not severing, but um, uh, North tricep tear. injury. Yeah, a tricep injury, like uh, he uh, laceration of the tricep on uh, go. on uh, Bobbert Fish. Um, <laughs> Bobbert Fisherelli. Yes, Bobbert Fisherelli. He, he comes from the same family as. <laughs> As his black brethren. <laughs> well, he, he's the nephew of the incredible Mr. Limpet, so, yes, you know. Yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I quoting all these old fucking things? I, I, I have no idea. We've complete, we're 12 minutes in and we've ostracized our seven of listeners. <laughs> I can talk about Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, uh, sorry, um... Uh, yeah, just, you know, there's, there's this high level of, of injury for matches that were good. I'm not going to say they weren't good. I, I enjoyed both. And again, like I said, I enjoyed the women's more than the men, but it certainly has lost its luster as a spectacle. Um, yeah. that said the undisputed era finally won one. Good for them. Yeah. Yes, uh, they they are now one in three in, in war games matches. Not yes. not you know not the best, but still getting in that uh, winners winners column is is a good thing. Uh, I right. will say, um, I didn't watch it. Shocker! Uh, but I am happy to see that Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch are in a uh, main event match yes. on an NXT show. That that makes me happy, uh, inner peace wise. Uh, Pat McAfee, I could give or take or. Whatever I really he continues to be an excellent version of pro wrestling fantasy camp. The the guy does does it very well for someone who this is clearly his second, if not third, vocation. Well, here's my question: he he played in the NFL for a number of years, correct? Yes, correct. So he's probably fucking loaded. Oh yeah, he no he he definitely is, and 
his pro wrestling training is literally because he bought a ring and set it up in his house. And I, I forget the name of the person who trained him, but it's like the same guy who trained Keith Lee. He just paid Rip him Rogers. to come to his house. Uh, you know, that might be who it is. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he paid Rip Rogers to come and train him. Well, you can if, do that when you have you have money. a shit ton of money. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if there's anything this past week have told us that if uh, that guy trained Keith Lee, that eventually Pat McAfee is going to get sent back to the PC <laughs> to uh, to learn some fundamentals because Vincent Kennedy McMahon is a fucking senile asshole yes. uh, who doesn't realize the talent that he has. Yes. Uh, one, two, three, four, five big men. Uh, now have, uh, I guess, remedial training at the Performance Center. They say I'm a little slow, eh? Oh, sorry, six. Six. There's a sixth person. Forget uh, about Baba Currently, uh, No, I forgot about Arturo Ruas. The, the, the five gentlemen, nope. uh, the five gentlemen who are uh, currently receiving bonus training on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Adam Pearson, Drew Gulak, Drew Gulak. Like, look at him basically building notoriety internally. Um, yeah. it's Keith Lee, Otis, Dabakato, Dio Madden, Omos, who is AJ Styles, Styles' bodyguard, which... Omos! Yes, and, uh, Arturo Ruas, who had been drafted to Raw, randomly had a video on NXT and got injured. Is, is almost an anagram of Moses? Is this an AJ <laughs> Styles, uh, it, religion it, thing? It is not a religion thing, it's O-M-O-S. Oh, okay. So it's All not right. even Edward James either. It's an anagram of Moose. Hmm, maybe <laughs> Moose is coming over from Impact. I see what they're doing here. Very clever. Oh, he Mr. would Files. fit in great in that locker room, considering that guy <laughs> apparently sent his wife down the stairs. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's not a good look. But, I mean... Keith okay, Lee some is of those, literally some of those an guys NXT are champion. Keith, yeah, some of those guys are green. Keith Lee is very not green. What Was the idea that literally someone went... If we put all the big guys and not Keith Lee in this class, they're going to feel like Keith Lee should be in this class. Like, is it one of those things? I mean, look. They also, by the way, just had an entire uh, uh, documentary video on the WWE Network about how Keith Lee did it his way. And and do you think Vince McMahon watches the award winning WWE Network? Vince McMahon is in there talking about Keith Lee. <laughs> Do you think he knew what that was for? No. <laughs> Do I think I didn't. remember he said the sentence 15 minutes after he filmed it? Of course not. I think half the reason why WWE has all the footage he has is to keep Vince aware of what's actually occurring on around him. Uh, I just that like if I'm Keith Lee, I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking at the zeros in the paycheck. I'm going okay, and I've yeah, heard I can do this for another year or two, and then uh, I, I've heard he has not received. That main Stop. roster bump. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Vince McMahon is literally flush with cash. Chris, do you and know there's a pandemic going around? on, and they need to they need to uh, uh, really tighten the boots. Oh yes, yeah. because because yeah, those those um those those uh you know tax uh tax the the hammer of taxes has really come down hard on on billionaires and corporations recently so i'm sure vince mcmahon's really strapped right now when when the socialist joe biden takes over in january vince mcmahon is going to be in the crosshairs you know the industry as we know it could be affected chris i hope he's in the fucking crosshairs (laughs) i hope look here it is i want i'm i'm i am i want okay want i don't want 
Vince McMahon to die. I'm going to flat out say that at the beginning. Vince McMahon is old. Vince McMahon is going to die. Mm -hmm. If when Vince McMahon dies, the cause of death is listed as Andrew Yang, I'm going to have a bit of a, a bit of warm feeling in my chest. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't want the guy to die. I don't want anything, uh, you know, but he's old and he's going to. And probably in the next five years, uh, roughly his, five to ten. His mom's 98 and still with us. Oh, God, don't don't put that out there. Why are you doing this? What are you doing to me today? Yeah. Come on. Sorry, fucking buddy. Methuselah McMahon over here. It's just fucking. God damn it. Yeah. Just I go know. away, Vince. You don't know what the fuck you're doing anymore. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I just, I can't. I, this is, we should rename this the bitch at Vince McMahon house. Because I just, I fucking hate that guy. Well, do, do you want to talk about something that might make you feel a little bit better? I don't know. What is it? Huh. We could talk about a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestler. Let's. Um, oh, wow. What was that? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Every now, and, every now and then the spirit of a really crappy radio DJ and, and inhabits my body and I have no way out of it. You got bimmed, brother. Yeah, I did. <laughs> hard. Uh, so this week brought us the finals. Of the best of the Super Juniors 27 and the 2020 edition of the World Tag League going on at the exact same time. We have winners, and we have what I feel like is a uh, nice late-era candidate for match of the year coming out of it. Mm -hmm. um, let, let, before we talk about those two finals, we also had some build for Wrestle Kingdom, of course, coming up January 4th and 5th. Which in, is a Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's going <laughs> to hit fucking hard. Um, yeah. My first Monday and Tuesday back after the holiday, yeah, too. Uh, so, de de yeah. Definitely watching those on VOD. Not, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> not going to be watching those live. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, we we have uh, off of uh, one match, really, the, the uh, uh, Shingo Takagi and Sonata versus Evil and Yujiro Takahashi tag match that happened uh, at the finals. Uh, we had a brawl between Sonata and Evil as the former tag duo looks to be facing off at Wrestle Kingdom. Sonata showing fire from one of for one of I don't know seven times in his career, um, <laughs> looking very mad, very angry, and throwing some sweet rights in the face of Evil. So I, I guess we get a big blood feud match between the two of them at Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. He was whipping him into those barricades fucking horde. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the visual of the young lions trying to break it up and getting tossed away was yeah. pretty nice, too. Uh, yeah. But the part that really has us erect here at the Rough House is Jeff Cobb of the Empire getting in the face of Shingo, picking up the Never Openweight Championship. There's a bit of a tug of war between him and Shingo, and then Cobb hitting the Tour of the Islands on Shingo, so it looks like we're getting yes. Shingo versus Hefe Cobb for the Never title at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, two, yes, two big boys looking to beat each other down. Going to be real nice. I would very much like that match injected directly into my eyeballs, please. Thank you. <clears throat> Agreed. Uh, I will say I was wrong, Chris, when we were talking about uh, earlier this week about the card for the finals. There was a Kota Ibushi and Master Wado match against Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. Bushi taking the fall. I thought for sure that was a Watto fall. <laughs> Not well, so you know, he's got the he's got the terrible silhouette t-shirt going for him, so yeah. there's that. 
Um, so the two finals, uh, the World Tag League final, the Gorillas of Destiny going against Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley. Surprise, surprise, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tengaloa getting the win. Uh, that means they get a tag title shot at Wrestle Kingdom against the dangerous techers of ZSJ and Taichi. Uh, definitely surprised that G.O.D. ended up getting the pin. Yes, Kenta ran in. Yes, he hit Juice with the briefcase. Yes, there was There's a standard bump in there too. Uh, Bullet Club shenaniganry. But I was definitely surprised that it is not Finn Juice getting the tag title shot. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe since uh, G.O.D. have been gone most of the year, they want to kind of thrust them back into the, the top of the tag division. I get that. Um, so, you know, it's it's whatever. They're both both teams are fun to watch. Um, I skipped through, you know, this uh, this match and there was some some fun stuff in there. But, yeah, like you said, normal B.C. shenanigans, which have uh, worn on me uh, after the G1 and everything. So, you know. <clears throat> tis what tis, um, but yeah, I, I think the the techers and God should be should be really fun uh, on either night one or two. They haven't. I guess they're they're going to do a press conference. Yeah, yeah, that that should be coming sometime this week. This uh, week, yeah, because we've got a few different things in the mix uh, for Wrestle Kingdom, including something coming off of um, Super J Cup last night. Talk about that in a mm-hmm. moment. But the main mm-hmm. event was the best of the Super Juniors final. Hiromu Takahashi going one on one with El Desperado. El Desperado making it to the finals, making your boys Chris and Marty very happy, as we've been on the Despy yes. train all year long. And uh, this could not have been a bigger coming out party for El Desperado. Um, Literally. There there was, of course, the the real life backstory enhanced about, you know, their overlap of time of Young Lions, their overlap of time in Mexico, uh, which was very, very nice. But uh, El Desperado was not to be trifled with. Nah, he was fired up. Yes, uh, and and I will say this was not the typical Hiromu match. They actually kind of worked a traditional New Japan-style main event. Uh, A little less of the uh, cocaine-crazed bumps to the floor, although we still had some floor bumps, no doubt. Um, But this was more about the strong-style drama, including a moment that will go down... Uh, I, I will say it is this year's Kishin Liger return in terms yep. of drama and pure visual awesomeness. Uh, as Hiromu decides to, uh, in the, uh, a stretch later in the match, tear the mask of El Desperado, the mm-hmm. which you know it spits in the face of lucha culture. But let us not forget, Desperado technically not a luchador, so he <laughs> gives no fucks. He yeah. takes his mask. He tears off the rest. You see his face and face paint. And now we're just, and I, I feel bad as I'm, I can't recall Desperado's real name, but basically we are getting them face to face just as they were as young lions. He smirks for a second and they proceed to beat the fuck out of each other. It absolutely yes. rolled. They slapped the ever living shit out of each other with such fire. It was very, very entertaining to watch. Uh, the match, you know, even before we got to that part, it was it was a very scrappy kind of match, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it had it had like a real fight feel to it because there were a couple moves that didn't go as planned, and then you know you you, you saw the performers think on their feet on how to transition to get to the next spot they had to be in. I think it was like a a sunset. Uh, it was no, there was one of them that was like. Um, 
Kuromo was trying to like poison Rana Despi uh, over the top rope and outside, but he couldn't get him over. So he just kind of held him there and to look like this wicked sort of submission on the top yeah, rope, which looked yeah. great. Uh, there was another, I think he did go for a sun, sunset flip power bomb to the outside that didn't mm-hmm. quite hit. And then Hiromu struggles and then does the, I don't even know how the, the one move. <laughs> which is a really good description for people out there. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a face buster sort of thing. Um, yeah. That move. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it, both guys really, really brought the heat in a uh, apparently rare junior heavyweight or not heavyweight junior um, main event. Right. At, uh, they were at Budokan Hall. Were they at Budokan? Or, uh, uh, they, they were at Budokan, where, which is yeah. where they also announced they are going to be returning for the 49th anniversary show next year, uh, which yeah. is typically headlined by the IWGP champion versus the IWGP junior champion. Yeah. We were yeah. supposed to have Hiromu versus Naito this year, but then um, this thing called COVID happened. I'm not sure if you're mm. familiar with I it. Haven't. Uh, uh, that's the uh, that's the that's that's the fake thing, right? That yeah, really yeah, happen. yeah. I recommend you Google it anyway, though. Yeah. Um, but Hiromu ends up winning after a time bomb number two, cutting a promo uh, and a great line. He said that uh, he won this one, but he and Desperado will be facing each other until they retire. So clearly okay. not done here. Uh, also in the post match, he said yes, he's going to get the shot against Taji Ishimori for the. IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, but before he gets that shot, he wants to face the winner of the U.S. Super J Cup at Wrestle Kingdom, which brings us to last night, where we had uh, the Super J Cup clearly pre-taped as uh, two competitors of that show were on other shows last night. There was a lot of double duty last night. At least three people had double duty. Yes, uh, Chris Bay appearing on both uh, the the J-Cup show and the Impact show that was uh, on Impact Plus last night. Uh, Leo Rush uh, appearing both uh, on the J-Cup show, uh, facing El Phantasmo in the opening round of the J-Cup, but also appearing as Spider-Man. Legitimately, Spider-Man during uh, AAA's Triple Mania event last night in Mexico. Uh, and Kenny Omega appearing both on the Impact pay-per-view and the aforementioned AAA event. So uh, yeah. everybody was breaking time and space last night. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a lot of wrestling last night. <laughs> yes, yes, a lot of wrestling going on. But uh, in the J-Cup, uh, it was a hell of a, a lineup. Uh, GCW's uh, Blake Christian, Ray Horace, of course, of Lucha Underground fame, TJP of being Shithead fame. Yeah. Um, ACH, former WWE fame, Clark Connors from LA Dojo, Chris Bay from Impact, El Phantasmo, of course, and Leo Rush. The finals ended up being ACH versus El Phantasmo. Phantasmo ends up winning two in a row for El Phantasmo. And uh, he wants that match against uh, Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, El Phantasmo celebrated by breaking the J-Cup trophy and then tearing up the golden jacket oh uh, yeah but but hey you can buy yourself one of those jackets via the njpw 1972 global shop for the low low price of 188 dollars I, I you can buy it, um, and as much as a fan of New Japan I am, if I see somebody wearing that jacket, I'm immediately making fun of them. Yeah, yeah. 
don't don't open your Christmas present this year, Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we talked a little bit about Impact. This was a big week for Impact because, of course, they were crossing over with AEW. And uh, Kenny Omega proved to be a pretty big draw, almost doubling the ratings of Impact yeah. Wrestling with his one appearance. If you did not see it, good news. If you watch Dynamite, you basically heard the same promo. Instead yeah. of being delivered in a bus, it was delivered in front of a live crowd. Yeah, yeah, but I think it was uh, effective. Sure. Uh, shithead coked out Kenny uh, is 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 a joy to watch. Don Callis, you know, a hell of a promo, tells the story uh, really well. So, you know, it, it looks like Kenny's going to be this belt collector thing uh, yeah. gimmick, uh, yeah. which has been done before, but I don't think it's been done at quite this level. Um, uh, the Hardys were aiming for it because the Hardys, of course, had the Impact tag belts. We're getting the Ring of Honor tag belts. Oh, yeah, and Ring of Honor. They had all of the, the uh, indie tag belts, including the MCW tag belts. Let's talk about something. But then they signed level. with WWE. <laughs> right, right. So we never got a, a, a proper finish to that run. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kenny Omega right now, AEW World Champion, and the uh, what, what's the fancy name that they? It's the, the Triple A Mega Champion. Mega Champion, yes. So he's a Triple yeah. A Mega Champion. So that's two there. So we'll have to yep. see where he goes next. But um, well, they were uh, teasing a match with Rich Swan, who retained mm-hmm. his title last night at uh, the Impact Pay Per View yes. or show or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So you know uh, that would be an interesting match. Oh I don't yeah. Think they've, yeah. Uh, they've touched before to my knowledge so. I, I i think it would be a, a first time match and um uh omega's got himself quite a crazy schedule because of course uh he's uh he appeared uh on triple mania last night having a match with uh laredo kid which uh i i have dope. word from uh, our boy christoph like a lot that it was a very very good match uh, it was. It was. It was very good. So um, I, I actually watched it. I watched uh, the tail. I, I watched like three or four matches of Triple Mania last night. Yeah. Um, and let's see. The first match I watched was uh, Psycho Circus, which is the clown faction mm-hmm. against uh, Blue Demon Jr. and Iho de L.A. Park and L.A. Park in a six-man tag weapons match that went really, really long. Um, and one of those clowns almost suicided himself on the dive uh which looked really nasty as, as one comes to expect from any Lucha from triple a dive yeah in, in 2020 <laughs> yeah uh but I, there was also that uh marvel theme match because marvel has teamed up with triple a to do these uh this the series of theme matches where it was it was captain america played mm-hmm. by daga and mm-hmm. uh spider-man who was the aforementioned leo rush against right. uh venom who was some triple uh, a guy Yes. I don't remember the name. I, I, I don't remember either, and I feel like a jerk. I, I will look back through our notes to see. And then was. Thanos, who oh, was... Uh, uh, Taurus. Taurus played Taurus. Venom. Okay. Uh, and, and Thanos was, really was Brian Cage. Out. Was Brian Cage. At first, it, it threw me off because uh, Cage shaved. He usually has a little bit of the brisket showing uh, yeah. when, he, when he's out there shirtless. Uh, and I was like, what? That, that, definitely the body type, but he's clean shaved. I don't know if it's Brian Cage. And I wasn't sure uh, 100% until he hit a drill claw on yeah. Leo Rush Spider-Man. Really should have just made him Wolverine, if we're honest. I mean, he he has a really cringy Weapon X cosplay. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. It, I it's have. Pretty bad. It's it, pretty it, awful. It, 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 it is equal parts... It, 
awful and awesome, much like the yeah. artwork of Rob Liefeld. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Brian Cage is a living Rob Liefeld drawing. He really is. He I really, really, really is. really put the two together. But, man, yeah. uh, he just needs some more pouches on his trunks. And it's it's a it's a sealed deal right there. Make it happen. And never Taz. get to see his feet. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that match happened, and then the the Omega Laredo Kid match was was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Laredo Kid uh, came out; he was seconded by uh, Iho de Vikingo, uh, mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. apparently one of the the hot new luchadors down there. And yeah, then uh, yeah, Nakaz- Nakazawa really was the second for Omega. Who uh, man, if I'm Omega, I'm slapping that guy around a little bit because Omega went for a Terminator dive uh, onto Laredo Kid, and Laredo Kid pulled Nakazawa in the way, but Nakazawa did absolutely fuck all to catch Kenny Omega. <laughs> really nasty bump on that Terminator yes. dive, man. I felt bad for the guy. Nakazawa, uh, by the way, uh, as named by Chris's <laughs> autocorrect on his phone, Baha away. <laughs> Uh, that's what happens when I go to Taco Bell. My Baja blast is on the roof, and then I then I drive without putting it in the car. Baja away. That's, that's what that is. Um, but yeah, thanks, autocorrect. Uh, maybe it was the baby oil on, yeah. on Nakazawa yeah. that just made Kenny slip that's right off. I don't I don't know what it was, but uh, the match was was good. There were a couple, um, you know, uh, using the arena for you know big springboard type things. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish was. Laredo Kid went to the top rope. Kenny started beating on him, and then he put Laredo Kid on his shoulders. Kenny climbed to the second rope and then fell backwards into a one-winged angel. So it's yes. kind of like an inverted second rope, one-winged angel, or yeah, backwards. I don't fa- know if it's facing the turnbuckle as yeah. opposed to a straight-up avalanche OWA. They were facing right. the turnbuckle, so it was almost like out of a Vader bomb position they hit. The, yeah. Uh, the OWA yeah. and which that, that could have gone real sick really as hell. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I was not watching live, so I I, I saw the gifts uh, afterwards, and it, it looked uh, insane. I believe the full Triple Mania show is still on YouTube. Uh, okay, so uh, if if you're listening and you're like, I kind of want to see Kenny Omega kill a Mexican, um, <laughs> fantastic! Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. Did you watch the main event? I heard it was kind of a ridiculous spectacle. It was uh, yeah, no, Pagano I didn't. I and that, Chessman. I thought that was in, the main uh, event, so yeah. I turned it off and went to bed. <laughs> no hair hair versus hair match between uh, Chessman, who kind of looks like uh, Wolfpack Sting, and uh, Pagano. Uh, yeah. And there's one spot where. Uh, beloved commentator Hugo Sandovich, who used to be one of the members of the Spanish announce yeah. team for the WWE. Um, Chessman ends up hitting him with a guitar and Hugo bladed for the match. Yes. Yeah. So in case Good you're wondering you, the type yeah. of fuckery that AAA will throw out in a main event, they will have their commentators blade. That's oh, where I mean, at. it's AAA, man. Like this was, <laughs> you know, earlier in the night, uh, you know, we, we read stories this week about a table spot on AEW uh, being used to put Pentagon storyline out of action for a while because he's dealing with an injury. Yeah. And then Saturday morning, uh, Pentagon Jr. is in Mexico talking about how he's ready to fight tonight at Triple Mania. And he worked and then a he fucking match. He match. Yeah. He worked so, a fucking match. You know, Triple A going to Triple A, man. It's, it's the Wild West down there. If you ever – I don't even know if it's still available. Years years ago uh, yeah. at the 2.0 version of the Rough House, uh, Justin and I had a hour plus long conversation with Steve Carino 
And he told some stories about his time down in Mexico that just further proves that it is just lawlessness down there and insanity. Uh, I got to I got to see if I still have that or if that still posted somewhere, because that's that was a really, really good listen. Carino's an but, awesome uh, guy, by the way. Yes, like, that that is a guy who um, and and I, I say this with it with an ounce of of cringe uh, for myself. Uh, but it also dates at the time. Steve Carino on his blog back in the day had his aim name on there. Yeah. And you could ping him. Yeah. So I legit had an aim conversation with Steve Carino just talking about like what it's like working in Japan and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, as like I was maybe like 14 at the time as a 14 year old yeah. kid. It's the coolest thing in the world. And oh, absolutely. Dude seriously did not have to take the time to do it. But it's just like. What Especially a cool as an ECW guy. mark like you were. Yeah, yeah, uh, 1,000%. And, and yeah. Steve Carino's ECW champion is legit one of my favorite eras of ECW. Um, so, like, totally didn't need to do that. But Guy has – he's one of the – in the modern era is one of the few guys who could legitimately say he's been everywhere and done everything. Yeah. Um, God damn. I, it's a shame he's in WWE because I'm thinking about it now. He'd be such a cool guy to have on the show now. Just to talk yeah. about what he thinks of, you know, how wrestling has progressed since, because so many things that are, you know, what what we think of, whether it's a smaller guy coming up to heavyweight and becoming a star, which he was, uh, mm-hmm. going through developmental and finding out he's not the right fit for WWE, which, you know, is legit what happened to him, because that's, that's how he ended up in ECW in the first place, uh, to literally going to Japan, becoming a big star, becoming NWA world champion, just... You know, all, all of these things that we kind of look at now as as the indicators of, of someone being a, a success in 2020, he was doing yeah. in 2001. So, you know, it, it'd be cool to, to sort of pick his brain about it. But, of course, you know, he has a full-time job with the Evil Empire. So I guess he doesn't really do open interviews anymore. No, no, no. But, uh, you know, maybe someday down the, down the line yeah. he'll be uh, free of the... Uh, Free of the tyranny of Vincent Kennedy, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. But um, uh, yeah. So yeah, Triple Mania happened. Triple Mania happened. Sounds like it was a hell of a show. Uh, even though no crowd. Um, and uh, the, the stage, the the arena they set up had a pretty cool look to it. The production values were there. I mean, the camera views were there. I mean, it's not like New Japan style of uh, of camera work where they always get the shot. Right. <laughs> in New Japan. I, I definitely noticed that in, in some of the highlights I saw uh, last night and today that their camera work. It's not WWE level bad, but there's definitely oh, so many cuts, some weird cuts. Um, yeah, and, and it was jarring. Yeah. For somebody who hasn't watched WWE in a long time to to, to get back to watch that sort of thing. You know, I'm used to relatively long, long cuts from uh, from New Japan. Yeah. And it's it's not like the the WWE cut where like they're cutting all the time because that's their style. It seems to be like AAA cuts to the wrong camera a lot and then they try to rapidly fix it. And it just basically there's someone with a high level of anxiety that really needs to be on some sort of meds in the AAA booth (laughs) or somebody with fingers that are too fat to operate the controls that just hit the wrong <laughs> yeah. button okay yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the real fingers bad. you have used to dial are too fat <laughs> <laughs> would you like a dialing wand <laughs> smash the keypad um 
before we talk about all the AEW stuff from the week, a uh, little interesting something in our backyard, uh, Ring of Honor filming their final battle pay-per-view this weekend here in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, they had a full, COVID. Yeah, they had, a, they had a full card planned, but that is rapidly changing. Uh, the, it's all supposed to air on pay-per-view this coming Friday night, December 18th, uh, but four stars off of the show in Bandito, EC3, Flamengo, Mita and Kenny King, as they all have uh, tested positive for COVID. This would be round two for Bandito, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, the EC3 is supposed to have a grudge match with Jay Briscoe. That's obviously off. Um, I can't recall what Kenny King was supposed to do, but I know Bandito and Flamita uh, were going to be in the six, six man. man tag title match. Uh, they aren't going to announce the changes to the card until. The first hour of the pay-per-view, uh, which mean, is airing for free, but, man. W- what can they do? I mean, everybody – and to Ring of Honor's credit, which is not something we often say, they've really stuck to their testing policy. 100%. And they're not – and I will give them credit on removing these people um, from the pay-per-view despite the carnage that it, it leads to in the booking department. I yeah. mean, you know, two, two – you know, a third of your men in your six-man trios title match are out. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they find replacements, but it, you know, as we joked about last show, it looked like all the uh, all the Mexicans were losing their titles. Yeah. Um. So so who knows? I mean, you know, I I, I would I would offer a suggestion: just plug Dan Housen in all those matches. <laughs> Dan Housen gets Mr. to work Dave all the matches. Somehow they get two Dan Housens in a six-man tag. I don't know how they're going to do it, <laughs> but they're going to figure it out. Yes, Dave Honor, if you're listening, <laughs> please give extra sacks. <laughs> is of that money who runs? Dan who runs Ring of Honor? Dave Honor. A- according to Danhausen, that's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the guy is good at socials. He is. He's very, very good at it. But yeah, an absolute uh, last minute mess. For Ring of Honor. We we wish him the best for the show, and of course, uh, next week we'll we'll talk about what happened at Final Battle because Final Battle is always one of the biggest shows of Ring of Honor, and undoubtedly yeah. this is going to be you know what what sets them off on their next chapter for 2021 an era where i presume they're hoping like every other wrestling company hey maybe we'll actually get to have people see shows again and mm. uh less of them will be taken off of the card due we'll to covid see. we shall see um but uh before we pull the show together let's talk about a little show called aew dynamite never heard of it well, uh, I just want to tell you, Chris, nearly 1 million people watched it on Tuesday night. 995,000 people watching the show. Nice. Uh, just shy of a mill. More than the uh, Winter is Coming show, uh, which I will say, slight kick in the pants considering the show they got was way, way less good when compared to well. the Winter is Coming show. Yeah, but Winter is Coming did not advertise Sting, and That's <laughs> this, true. this week's show did. So, I mean, say talk all the shit that you will, and I will, and we will, and anybody yeah. else will. Because yeah. I, I, I clearly a draw. Clearly a draw. Clearly a draw. And and I, I will just preface by saying this. There were some definite moments I enjoyed on AEW Dynamite this week, but there were some moments I really didn't care for. We'll, we'll 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 talk about that, and I will say my problems interlink. 
It, it, it'll okay. make sense when we get there. Uh, again, uh, it, does it, it have to do with Cody Rhodes? Oh, it definitely has to do with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to bounce through some of the different stuff from the show uh, instead of doing our standard recap because, again, yeah. as Chris and I have have stated both on and off the air, we like our podcasts run about an hour. So we're <laughs> yeah, those hour and a half ones. Uh, it's a disservice to you guys. We're exactly, sorry. exactly. But sometimes we just get out of control. Yeah. So on the good side, uh, I got show. You. Uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> I got your note. You guys don't like that ninety-minute roughhouses anymore. Well, brother, we got you, so you can listen to it and then rest in peace. They may come face to face with horror, horror of the Undertaker by the and, <laughs> and not only the Undertaker. But also all elite Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> man, I gotta, I gotta just pull out the all elite Scooby Doo and add that to the board for. for uh, I'm surprised you haven't already. Yeah. Shame. Yeah, uh, but the show kicked off awesomely. It was the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, going against a Hybrid Two in a match where, if TH Two won, they would get a tag title match, which on paper tells me that TH Two should win. But they didn't. Um, so yeah. that, that was a bit of a bummer. It was a very good match, though, and Halico and Jack Evans looking like an absolute, pardon the pun, elite tag team. They uh, are. That just <laughs> out of this world good, really great opener. I'm yeah. not going to give it the four and a half stars, or sorry, four and a quarter stars that Uncle Dave did. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was a very, very good match, um, and it made me want to see a lot more of Evans and Angelico, so I was definitely bummed when they ended up losing. Yeah, and then the, you know, and what makes zero sense is that, you know, the acclaimed has also been targeting um, the Bucks, so why could you not have had the acclaimed cost the Bucks this match to get TH2? It just doesn't, I, I don't I don't yeah, get it. I mean, yeah. The, also, I was really kind of hoping that, you know, the acclaimed and TH2 and maybe later FTR would be like, you know, the, a, a group to take down the Young Bucks or something. Mm. But instead, this first, you know, this this first offensive uh, fell flat on its face. Yes, there was yeah. a, you know, a, a Meltzer driver on the floor and stuff like that, which. Yeah, they were big spots. Yeah, it, it killed, you know, TH2 dead, but. Definite yeah. bummer. Uh, yes, there was a run from the acclaim at the end, but FCU breaking it up because that's uh, one of the key matches for next week, which should be very good. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm just like you to to use a Simpsons analogy. You are showing me the way to the fireworks factory, and instead of going to the fireworks factory at all, we're just taking this weird left turn to some other factory, probably a box factory. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah, or a yeah. cracker factory. Or the pillow factory. <laughs> Just very, very weird. Um, but also weird was the fact... Which is a weird tie-in, by the way. Because uh, it wasn't it uh, Sideshow Luke Perry that got <laughs> fired out of the cannon. It was Sideshow uh, And then Luke landed Perry. in a pillow factory whose With, son is uh, Jungle Boy. There you yes, go. Yes. Six degrees of uh, Sideshow Luke Perry. Yes. Um, so Sting did speak on AEW this week. Mm-hmm. Before Sting spoke... We had the full Cody Rhodes intro because for some reason Cody Rhodes is involved in this. Yeah, that made fucking fuck all sense. Now, Sting comes out, Tony Schiavone and Cody already in the ring. I I appreciate the fact that this Sting is now officially a hybrid of all of the Stings that came before. Right. Um, yeah. In that he dresses like Crow Sting, he has a cool entrance like Crow Sting, but he talks like you know Beach Surfer Sting, and I yeah. and. 
again, for an old WCW head, the little back and forth he had with Tony Schiavone put a smile on my face. It made sure. me I, I, I enjoyed it. It made me really happy. But then you cut down to the Sting Neat. Cody promo. Which, if you want to call it that. if Yeah, if you want to call it that. It's basically just Sting saying, you know, I'm going to be here. I got my eye on people. I'm doing this thing. Definitely they're setting up something with him and Darby. But that was it. That was fucking it. And it's like, is is there now an issue between Cody and Sting? And I thought Cody was her big face. And there's more on that to come. Yeah. Uh, one thing that came right after that was a Team Taz promo backstage. And I got to say, the visual of Team Taz, including Taz's son, I love this visual. It is just a, a, a mixed group of all sorts of weird dudes who will fuck you up in different ways. It was kind of framed like the end shot of Avengers where like, you know, the, the point of view of like looking yeah. up at all these people who just whipped your ass sort of thing. Yes. Uh, which I know is not uh, originated by the movie The Avengers. I understand yeah. that. But that's just what came to mind, uh, which was which was cool. And they had a uh, hook. Yeah. Hook there trying to look mean. Um, so, you know. He definitely Hook Durbin. definitely has a vibe of lacrosse player who uh, made put something in your drink. That that that's the heel vibe he has. I, and then we'll it, uh, get acquitted because his dad knows people. <laughs> Holy shit! Yep, yep. That is exactly the vibe he has. Like I said, everybody in in, T- in Team Taz has a we're an awful villainous person, but in different ways. That's Hooks. Yeah. Ricky yes. Starks looks like he sells cocaine. And also samples a lot of the product. Like, yeah, there's that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, Brian Cage and, and Will Hobbs will just beat the crap out of you. And Taz... Steal your comic book collection. Yeah, Taz <laughs> has that uh, uh, Joe Pesci feel at all times. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it it, yeah. it, it definitely works. But uh, it, it's interesting how they all are bringing different levels of villainous at the same time. Yeah. Um, the Varsity Blondes made their AEW Dynamite debut, having a tag match with FTR. Uh, shockingly good match. Brian Pillman definitely junior, uh, definitely needs some yes. more work. Uh, but I'm really digging Griff Garrison. Like Dude, I, the hot tag was fire. The hot tag was fire. And also a credit to Brian Pillman. He did a move. I haven't seen in pro wrestling in years and I forgot how good it can be. The flying shoulder tackle. Yeah. He busted one of those out on, I think it was on cash cash. I and, think, yeah. uh, I was just like, fuck why don't more people do that like it's a real basic move but it looks really awesome when it hits um but i i like that a lot and i I think there's a lot of gas in the varsity blondes as a duo i i i think something can happen there but this is more about ftr getting back on the winning ways and and building themselves up um there was a, a a promo where ftr talked about how the reason why they lost to the bucks was because they weren't at full power that that tully wasn't there so i I mm-hmm. like that as a, a a little bit of an excuse to because uh, Tully, Tully wasn't there. Yeah, he was banned from ringside for the uh, the match with the Bucks. I do not remember that. Okay, yeah. all right. I um, thought I remembered him out there. So I, I definitely liked that little touch there um, okay. because it, right. it, it it emphasized the importance of the full trio versus you know just them as as tag team experts. Uh, it was also a big week for the Dark Order as. Uh, not only did they uh, get themselves into a six-man tag match with John Silver and Alex Reynolds talking their way into tagging up with Hangman Page against Matt Hardy and Private Party, 
a weird trio because wasn't Matt Hardy tossing out his buddies last week in that battle royal? Well, uh, yeah, that was addressed on BTE. Uh, the private party invited Matt Hardy into their uh, party lair at mm. Daly's place and were mm. like, hey, man, what's going on? Matt Hardy kind of talked his way out of it. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, they're on the same page. But Matt Hardy yes. seems to be this I originated everything sort of uh, gimmick mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. for him uh, on BTE uh, recently. So we'll see if that translates more uh, into the storyline of the match. Match. But yeah, the page uh, who was saved by the Dark Order in the uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal previous week uh, gets, you know, succumbs to the recruitment specialty of Alex uh, Reynolds and John Silver and agrees it'll just be one match. He's not joining the Dark Order, yes. um, but they're going to they're going to give it a go. And I, I like I like the slow burn of um, of Paige flirting with the Dark Order. I, same, I'm same. enjoying everything about this. Yeah, uh, up to and including Alex Reynolds and John Silver wearing tiny cowboy hats. That was that was an excellent <laughs> yes. touch. Did you listen yes. to them on uh, AEW Unrestricted this week? I did. I did the Beaver Boys. <laughs> <laughs> very very fun episode. Yeah, highly guys, recommend guys are... uh, for for the OG five thirty eight to check out after this very oh, podcast. Yes, just a quick sidetrack. Speaking of uh, of the podcast, did you happen to check out an oral session with uh, with Renee and uh, Phil Brooks? I did, and man, it sounds like everybody gets motherfucked by the WWE, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a. Uh, it was actually kind of an interesting uh, listen. Um, yeah, it, basically, CM Punk sounds less whiny when other people are saying, "Hey, the same shit happened to me." Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I'm liking. I, I like different points of view of different types of um, positions, people in different positions who get fucked over by Vince in the WWE. I like when they, when they get together and, and, and bitch about things. So you get a different perspective of it. You got the, you get a lot of the performer side of it and the frustrations and the promos and stuff like that. But I like hearing Renee's side of it because she was, you know, a different uh, type of person, yeah. different type of employee, well, not employee, independent. Well, she was an employee. Yeah, she was an employee. Uh, she was. Uh, yes. not, <laughs> not an, an independent, independent contractor, contract. an actual employee. Yeah. And uh, the, the long and the short of it is everything that CM Punk was talking about uh, in the Colt Cabana interview about, you know, getting all of these opportunities, all of these offers, and every single time that negotiation started with WWE, it was like, oh, no, as the, the meme goes, you want Sheamus. Same yeah. shit was happening to Renee. She was being yeah. offered all of these opportunities outside of WWE and was like, oh, no, you want to do it with this person or you want these people to be involved or you don't yeah. want to do that show. You want to do this show. And, um, you know, it, it, it really speaks to the the fundamental uh, chuckle fuckery that is WWE yeah. management of outside opportunities. And, and you know, they t- touched on the whole Twitch Zelina Vega situation mm-hmm. as well. Punk actually brought up a decent point as to why is it okay for uh, Xavier Woods to be a host mm-hmm. on G4, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Zelina Vega can't have a Twitch account, you know, yeah. like it's it's a very salient point and you know we have yet to get a good description and i'm happy for woods and you know i like 100 percent. i uh, am a fan of xavier woods and i'm happy that you know he's living out this dream of being on g4 when if and when when is that even coming back Uh, it's supposed to come back uh, sometime next year um not all the details have been announced yet it's just that xavier woods is going to be one of the on-screen personalities but it it does is olivia munn coming back um i believe so yes Yes. Um, 
uh, I, I'm more a Morgan Webb guy, thank you. Uh, which probably okay. doesn't come as no. a shock at all. No, no, um, no disrespect, I get it. Uh, but you know, Olivia Munn is Psylocke still uh, still scratches an itch. Yes, all twenty seconds that she appeared in that movie. Uh, <laughs> oh god, that movie sucked. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it it does sort of raise that question of like. Why? Why are the especially when we are in an era we are, where we are seeing live through all of the stuff that AEW is doing to allow their talent to go all these different places and do all yeah. these different things and how the rising tide is literally raising all of these ships. Like, come the fuck on, gang. Well, here's a question for you. So yes. I'm a little worried because we've talked a, a lot about AEW allowing their talents to do other things. So in doing indie shows, but mm-hmm. AEW sent at least two of their guys to fucking Mexico yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll probably have them back. Uh, have, have they recorded everything through the rest of the year or nope, are they doing nope. a live it's, show on it's Wednesday? It's a live show on Wednesday. And then they're, uh, I, I don't remember the taping schedule, but the, the holiday bash show is going to be pre-taped as will, uh, New Year's Smash Parts 1 and 2, which were announced mm. during this Dynamite. Um, they, they will not be live shows. Actually, maybe the one on the 6th is going to be a live show. But I know the the one on the 23rd and the one on the 30th will not be. Okay. But yeah, it's a little suspect to have uh, Kenny Omega and Brian Cage go to Mexico yeah. for a show. And then I guess I'm the logic is if be Penta back. and Phoenix can do it. Oh, yeah. Those guys, too. There's four yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about like the... The COVID protocols of AAA, but it appears that they have the same COVID protocols as Impact, where you can't get people sick if no one else is there. So I, I guess it works. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm with you. They're, they're playing with fire in that regard. Yes. Um, but nevertheless, bouncing back to Dynamite. The other thing yeah. that the Dark Order tried to do this week was tried to recruit Dustin. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, who had a great match with uh, Ten, who is getting mm-hmm. leaps and bounds better every single week. Uh, yeah. And uh, credit where credit is due, Evil Uno, who is becoming a really good promo guy, thrown out a, a great reference that worked on multiple levels, offering Dustin Rhodes as a spot as seven in the Dark Order. Which, if you don't know history, is just like, why, why the fuck would he want to be number seven? That's a shitty yeah. number to be. But for wow. the wrestling heads, that, of course, was the shitty possible child molester gimmick he was given by Vince Ooh. Russo and WCW. Yeah. That was also kind yeah, of based the, on Dark City. Yeah, he had the powder face paint and a black trench coat and hat. Yeah. It was it Googled uh, 7 WCW Dustin Rose, and you'll yes. see the terrible, terrible photos. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a fun, fun little nod there. Of course, Dustin did not accept um, – and then, uh, and then, yeah. So, yeah, the Dark Order. You know, even in uh, Mr. Brody Lee's absence, which is still yet to be explained. Yeah. Um. They're they're keeping the storylines going, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm still kind of into it. Yes. And um, let's talk about a storyline that I'm not so much into, Chris. Okay. So I, I said earlier in the show that we had a promo with Sting that for some reason had Cody Rhodes in it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm reading the trajectory of that promo correctly, Cody's a face. But he has an issue with Sting, and that probably means he's going to have an issue with Darby. Okay. So that would then lead me to believe that Cody is a heel. So also on Dynamite, a show that had segments abound on Wednesday, there was a sit-down interview with Shaquille O'Neal, Tony Schiavone, 
And for some reason, Brandy Rhodes was there too. Mm-hmm. Brandy Rhodes with her arm in a sling after the attack from uh, Jade Cargill. Russ's daughter. Yes. <laughs> well done. Sorry. <laughs> so Shaq said he respects Jade Cargill. So Shaq's a heel. But he didn't appreciate what Jade did to Brandy's arm. Cody, er, so Shaq's a face. Mm-hmm. Brandy says the problem needs to be resolved. And Shaq said that him coming at Cody was just on Twitter was just joking around. So Shaq's a face still. But he wants to see Brandy and Cargill fight. So Shaq's a heel. But then Brandy, who also at the ju- start of the promo, I forgot to mention this, was jumping down Tony's throat for not mentioning enough accolades about her, making Brandy mm-hmm. a heel. Mm-hmm. Throws water in Shaq's face. Mm-hmm. Because Shaq said that Brandy could learn a few things from Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are the heels and faces in this? Not a clue, bud. Not a clue. The only thing I do know is that the Shaquille O'Neal segment drew a shit ton of viewers. Yes, so a lot of people watched a segment soon. that made no fucking sense and made me hate Brandy Rhodes. That's where I'm at with this. Brandy was a... Sn- I, and and I, I I think Brandy is, is a decent talent. Brandy uh, is a great PR person for them. She mm-hmm. came off like a snide bitch in this promo. A little bit. A little bit. But, you know, the reason you bring in a Sting and a Shaq are to get new eyes on the product. Right. So, but you want new eyes on the product. It's something they can follow or understand. I've been watching the show since day one. And I don't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah, I know. I get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But mission accomplished. And that hopefully, I guess, maybe the reason they, you know, obfuscated everything is that they want people to tune in again to get further clarification on what these guys are doing. And I really don't want to see Shaq and Jake Cargill versus Cody and Brandy Rhodes. You may not want to see it, but we're probably going to get it. I have I have negative amounts of interest in that. That that is oh. Jay Leno and Carl Malone level of disinterest. <laughs> like I, I I have I have zero wants for this match. Yeah, it's going to happen. That's not a bad Leno. That's not a bad Leno. Yeah, you need the the, the, the lisp is a key element for for <laughs> Leno. Yeah. Anyway, other other storylines I didn't entirely get this week. The Inner Circle Ultimatum. I feel like they're jumping the gun on this fucking thing. Because I thought the idea would be that MJF joins the Inner Circle and becomes like this slow drip of poison to the Inner Circle. Mm -hmm. And eventually like destroys everything around Jericho before MJF, you know, like absolutely squashes Jericho. And Jericho comes back as a big baby face for like one last baby face run before they presumably make him a full time commentator. Like, mm. yeah. Sorry, I don't think I could I, take that full time. Sorry, but I think that's the direction it's going in. But I, I was just like, this this whole segment just felt like they were jumping the gun on so much shit. I mean, it made me really, really want to see Sammy Guevara as a face. And it led to a whole ridiculous to-do in the main event where the inner circle and all the random faces on the outside had turned into a big schmoz and MJF... You know, because of it, retained the dynamite yeah. diamond ring, which, again, I'm okay with. But, like, why the fuck did we do all of this if we're just back where we started? Like, I, I, 
for a show. It was a little misdirection. It was a little misdirection in the inner circle drama. Yeah. You know, it, it, they always do one of these things. They have these, uh, you know, come to Jesus. The Shield did it. Make sure everybody's back on the same page and and stuff like that. It's just something that that, that factions do. And then down the line, a couple weeks or months later, shit's gonna rile up again because MJF's yeah. only looking out for himself. Um, you know, it, it'll 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 come to head. They're just you know just. Going through the motions. I guess you're right. Maybe I'm being far too critical of this, but I just was, I was very confused and bothered by both of these storylines this week. A storyline I'm very much enjoying, though, is Abaddon. Abaddon as creepy demon that scares Hikaru Shida, and Shida doesn't know what the fuck to do with her is perfect. Because honestly, you look at Abaddon, and I think the general response is, I don't know what the fuck to do with that. I mean, I can think of one or two things, but uh, that's <laughs> not that's not for this time or place. Uh, we did have the the, the, the time would be uh, you know Thursday morning, and the place would be the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> we did have the Kenny Omega and Don Callis promo, as aforementioned. Kenny Omega showing up via helicopter. And baller course, move, baller move, and of course, Chris. I'm sure you caught it because you love everything this man says, but Justin Roberts did make it very clear that on his way from Impact to Dynamite, he flew over North Carolina. North Carolina fucking sucks. He does, but it's it's a Michael Jordan thing. Anyway, Omega basically just feels like a crazy coked up villain at this point, and I love it. I, yeah, I, no, I, I I'm, I'm here for it. The, the hair is really coming in. Um, when he was full on cleaner, did he have the blonde streaks or was he full on jet black? He was, I feel like that's the was, one thing. He missing. was like jet black and, gr- and gray. Like he, okay. he, or maybe it was supposed to be silver, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's definitely growing it back out because he had very yeah. long hair when he was the cleaner. So, I, yeah. yeah, he's getting there. But uh, it's, it's a very packed show next week. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Angelico, which fingers crossed will be very good. Um, Hangman Page. Wait, wait, why? Um, why is it happening? It's just a yeah. match. It's just a th- okay. like there wasn't anything that built it. It's just a match. That okay, <laughs> sure. Um, Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. SCU mm-hmm. versus the Acclaimed. Uh, Serena Deeb and Big Swole versus, versus Eva Lise and Diamante. Uh, because there was a big women's to do backstage. Back, back, all, yeah, all backstage brawl there. Meals. Uh thrown down with each other a 14 man tag as the inner yeah, this circle is, yeah this, this is a stupid ass idea th- this is coming off of the the schmas at the end of the main event uh it is going to be the inner circle versus the best friends top flight that's four uh brandon cutler is, is oc not in there uh i don't know if oc's in there it's brandon cutler and i forget who else varsity blondes right oh yes the varsity blondes are in there yeah <laughs> So that's seven. Okay. And it's but, an eight man or a uh, yeah, 14 man? 14 you said? man. So it's seven. Okay. So no OC. Yeah. No OC. Which, why would you not have OC in that match? Why I would you have know. Brandon Cutler, not OC? Oh, because Brandon Cutler was in the outside of the ring brawl. I know, but Orange Cassidy was in the match. <laughs> well, I, I imagine there might be something going on between OC and the man who did run in at the end of the main event, Miro. Miro oh. ran in after the match, beat the crap out of OC, and this is the most beastly that Miro has looked in AEW full stop. They had him murder like half a dozen security guys, including one who he just gorilla pressed to the floor off the top of the stage. That was fucking ugly. Yeah. That dude earned his, uh, extra pay that day for yeah, sure. He earned 50 bucks on a hot meal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got to say, I know we mocked Miro's style of dress. 
Miro going full hype beast while murdering dudes really worked for me here. It's obnoxious, and that's yes. the intent. Yes. So, yeah, it works. But if all that wasn't enough, we had an extra match added on top of everything. Kenny Omega is going to be in action just a few days after that match with Laredo Kid. This is legit. They added this. It's going to be Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela in a no DQ match oh, as yeah. Kenny Omega wants to silence the haters and take out the guy who he was supposed to face in the world title eliminator. Uh, if Joey Janela wins, he gets a future title shot against Kenny Omega. Really? I don't think Janela is going to win, but this does make me wonder, are we going to get Omega versus Phoenix real, real soon? Because that uh, of course was supposed to be the original match. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> that's all yeah. I can. That's all I can really say about that. Um, yeah, the Janela thing makes sense. You know, it's it's a big match. I love seeing Kenny, you know, in singles action on on Dynamite. That should uh, should help the ratings. And um, you know, if if what I want to happen is for Joey Janela's gear to have just some you know shitty little leather regular leather belt, mm-hmm. and then Kenny Omega you know v triggers the hell out of him hits a owa and then just takes his belt like doesn't even have to be title belts <laughs> i just wanted to collect any actual sort of physical belts he just would, walks uh, up to jr yes. takes off the belt from his slacks jr's pants fall down turns out he's been pooping he his pants the entire and, show and then he chases around anna jay with his pants around his ankles <laughs> And then he smothers barbecue sauce down his chest. Boomer Sooner! (laughs) (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. For over 37 years, your source for all things Lucha Libre is Renta Lucha. Renta Lucha. Our Lucha doors do front flips, side flips, back flips, cross flips, under flips, over flips, and every other type of flip that you could ever desire. Renta Lucha. Our luchadors will entrance, amaze, allure, and arouse you and party guests for any occasion. Weddings, breezes, or Texas Tornado tag team matches, our luchadors are second to none. Renta Lucha. Renta Lucha.